Okay, on. Can't we both just be happy? I mean, must the uh, football gods make sure that one of us is always miserable? Well, then if that's the case, it's Dan's turn next weekend, and this is the push-off. Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, the favorites weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. And I'm your host, Scott Hogan, joining us as always, it's... Dan, use a big fine woman, won't you back that quarterback up? Didn't right. There it is, I like that, that's very nice. Yeah, I, is that Mystical? No, who is it? Ah, I know the song. Oh, I like you, big fine woman, yeah. won't you back that ass? Back dad, dad at, isn't it D-A-T-A-S-S too? You got to spell it right if you're Googling it. It won't come up. Juvenile. Ugh. It was Duh, Juvenile. Of course. I'm sorry. With all you know other what? hits. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to everybody for misquoting. Especially for Juvenile. associating Mystical and Juvenile. He's an a- yeah. And he's an avid listener too. How dare I, you? I'm so sorry, Juvenile. You're... We don't talk about that enough that one of our six listeners, <laughs> obviously your mom, one of them is Juvenile. Uh, we are, strangely, I think that was me because I know we've been trying to get Mr. Cal to listen. Nah, it was my uh, mom. Yeah, it's, it's, your, it's your mom. It's your mom. Um, we had a we had a week two where it it sobers everything up. It brings everything back to normal. And like I said at the beginning, for your team to be happy, one's got to be sad. For you know, yeah. uh, winners and losers, unless everybody ties and nobody wants that, then nobody's happy. But you know, for my team to be sad, then you got. Todd's team and Todd's happy. I mean, does anyone want that? No, but here I mean, we are. Todd knows I'm personally invested in his misery. I would love for him <laughs> Come football wise to be as yeah. yeah, I wish him nothing but happiness in normal life. But yeah, I want his team to be absolutely abjectly miserable if I can find a way to make it happen. It'd be great. Yeah. But they weren't this week in there. They're in oh. good standings to begin the season uh, with a few other teams, and we're going to talk about them and all the ones that are in bad standings, the ones that didn't start out very good with hot seats for their head coaches. Um, no reason to dwell on it. Every team played. It was week two. Uh, the the mighty uh, equalizer, I guess you could call it. Uh, like if, if you were high, bring you down. If you were down, might bring you up. Um, a few of the lucky teams might stayed up and then some of them never got off the map. But let's, after the dust settled, let's see where we were after week two. That's what we're going to talk about this week. Um, Dan, what's your guess on our game of the week? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to guess that it was uh, the the Miami-Baltimore mm. absolute fucking shootout down there. Yeah, I mean, and we love our Ravens games. They're always exciting. This one, they did not win. It was the Miami Dolphins, 42-38. to 38. That score tells you it's a, it's a fun one if you don't like defense. Um, wow, this one was uh, back and forth. Uh, first of all, quick bit on the stats. Two, uh, 469 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, two interceptions, sure, but that's still 
ridiculous. You also got uh, Tyreek Hill and Waddle on that team having 11 catches each, over 150 yards each, and two touchdowns. That's just the Dolphins. The Dolphins outscored the Ravens in the fourth quarter, 28 to three. It's a magic number. We know about this. We know yeah. the number 28 to three. It is a magic, magic number. I don't know. I mean, seven. It was 27 in this game. Oh, I thought fourth quarter was 28 to three. Uh, well, it's 27 at half. Oh, for the fourth quarter itself. Yeah, outscored. You're right. I'm outscored sorry. Outscored 28 to three in the fourth quarter. I did the um, math, and you are correct. <laughs> you did the monster math. We're coming up on Halloween. You must remember. It's um, the monster math. So the craziest thing about this is the the Ravens' offense looked phenomenal. And even in the second half, it didn't look bad. They just kind of couldn't get anything going. seemed like Miami really tightened it up. Yeah. But what the fuck happened to the Ravens' defense? I know that all f- like they had four starters in the secondary go down, which is oh. horrific. But they seemed to scheme for it. But then in the second half, Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are just so much better than their entire defensive secondary. It was ridiculous. They could yeah. not drop a goddamn pass. Truly breathtaking to watch this fourth quarter defensive collapse. I think I texted you after the first Waddle touchdown about him being a future star of this league. And um, he's yeah just impressing more and more. And then Tyreek Hill is still the fastest player in this league, just running by people as if they're standing still. Uh, he had to basically stop at the goal line to catch the first touchdown. I mean, I give it a two. A two have finished this game wonderfully, and the guy gets no credit, so you have yeah. to give him credit for these games, these standout games. But, man, Tyreek Hill was so far ahead of that guy. He had to be like, uh, I'll wait for it here. <laughs> Um, but that was just his first touchdown. Second one was easy for him too. And yeah, they came out of nowhere after what was a good game by the Ravens and five touchdowns total, no four touchdowns total by Lamar Jackson. Um, Bateman got into it again. Andrews got into it. Uh, but this game was, yeah, 28 to seven Ravens at half 14 to 35 Ravens in the fourth quarter until Boom, uh, deep touchdowns of 48 yards and 60 yards. Tied that thing at 35. Tucker hits a 51-yard field goal, but they left two minutes and 18 seconds on the clock for the, the Dolphins to get up. And to the new rookie head coach's credit, he played the timing of that oh, down the field. Lovely. Perfectly, yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, you <laughs> – you could not ask of anything more from the Dolphins in the second half. You couldn't ask anything more from the Ravens in the first half. Yep. If they you got a pick, bad, yeah. if you got a pick, you'd rather get the second half right. Um, just really a phenomenally called game, to your point. Um, phenomenally called game, phenomenally well executed. Hilariously, Pro Football Focus rated Lamar Jackson with a 66 in this game. <laughs> Think about that for a fucking second. This way, we always talk about Chris Collinsworth being full of shit. Lamar had over 300 yards passing and 150 yards rushing. How the fuck is that anything less than like low 90s? That's yeah. fucking insane. Truly insane. Does Lamar Jackson need to also play DB in the fourth quarter? Is that the <laughs> only way to get his ratings up? Pro football focus is bullshit. It's like the... Uh, ESPN quarterback rating bullshit where it doesn't make any sense. Somehow the old classic, you know, 158.3, that seems to work pretty good. Uh, everybody tries to come up with new metrics and they don't make any yeah. goddamn sense. Well, and it is interesting. I mean, 
I give it up to Pro Football Focus for trying to switch things up when they realize, you know, well, can we take it also into consideration X, Y, and Z? But I was, I am very surprised that like, is it ES or Sunday Night Football now that like puts it down there after yeah. underneath everybody and their rankings, and it's like that's one websites or like kind of choice on that. I'm like, yeah, I don't. That was surprising. I'm like, well, if somebody wants start, to try to start rank doing these. that with the push off. Because you'd see a lot of underneath it'd be like sucks dick, like that would be the rating <laughs> for like particular quarterbacks or like you know every podcast and what they say about <laughs> yeah. these players. Is on should, there. Nick Foles, the, well endowed, yeah, push out podcast. BDN, <laughs> yeah, like it would it would be all these sort of things. I think that's a nice way to do it. Uh, you know, give every podcast a crack at rating one individual player as you know high and low. You got to take the tops. You know, Terod Taylor would be, you know, well-rated by our podcast, so, you know, people wouldn't be mad about that. That's right. Um, okay, so let's wrap up this game. Dolphins, Ravens, uh, what does this tell you about each team? Dolphins came back and did this in Baltimore. It it tells me way more about the – it tells me way more about the Dolphins than it does about the Ravens. The Ravens came into this game with an absolutely abysmal secondary. Terrible. True. Everybody was injured. Nobody. There was like next man up. I think I was actually I was dressed for this game to play safety for the Ravens. That's how bad it was. <laughs> they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel, and they had a really good game plan for the first half. But by the second half, we talk about this a lot. First half scheme, second half talent. By the second half, the lack of talent in the secondary was so evident, so evident that Miami just started doing whatever the fuck they wanted. So. The fact that Miami didn't quit down so much tells me more than the Ravens not having enough motherfuckers at the end of a game to close the gap. That's what it tells me. Um, True. So, like I said, good for Miami. It's not a huge judgment on uh, Baltimore, whose offense looked phenomenal and whose defense just needs more bodies. So, you know, I, I think if, if Miami gets a chance to play this game again against the Ravens, I don't think they want to. I think we probably have a repeat of the first half. And maybe it goes three or four quarters. Yeah. Um, in football, my uh, momentum is huge. And that's what this game kind of showed was as soon as my Dolphins got rolling, it was like, oh, we can do this. And and they had it behind them, and it kind of felt like it was a matter of time. I mean, the Ravens put that one field goal right on the board in the fourth quarter. And it was like, mm, is that going to be enough? Like no. you could kind of feel it. And – that's we just saw the straight collapse to it and i think that gets into your psyche and things like that this is going to tell the dolphins team moving forward that you can do this in any game uh and then the ravens too that nothing is safe so yeah it's a wake up for both teams and and it shows yet yeah, just how big momentum is in the nfl Tremendous. um i like both these teams moving forward in the afc quite a bit now uh dolphins more so you're right uh Ooh, the Tyreek Hill move works. Um, let's continue on and talk about another game in the AFC. Uh, this was a tight one. It's a three-point game. Uh, I know we talk about putting the good games up front. This is Patriots-Steelers, but hold with me. Hold with me for a second. <laughs> um, I don't know why Patriots games are always a yawn, but they are. But anyway, 17-14, they did win this on the road in Pittsburgh. The uh, Steelers' defense did what they could, but it was Nelson Aguilar with over 100 yards and a touchdown. It was 10-3 Patriots at the half, and they they out they outlasted the Steelers in this one. The Steelers' offense is so bad. <laughs> I would rate it in the bottom three offenses in the league right now. 
which is rough too because they've got some wide receiver talent, Deontay Johnson, oh, yeah. Chase Claypool, and I we like the rookie George Pickens and Najee Harris back there. But I guess it all relies on Mitchell poke, tr- kissing them titties, Trubisky. You poke one motherfucker in the chest and it's Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky is not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. You can, I mean, maybe Matt Nagy ruined him. Maybe he had some potential along the way, but we've talked about it before. This motherfucker dumb. Mitch Trubisky is dumb as a box of rocks. Put that underneath this fucking screen on the next uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> game. So dumb you, as a box of fucking rocks. Do they you throw Kyle Pickett to. in there? Because this is... Kenny Pickett has to be in Kenny there. Pickett. <laughs> it has to. He has to be in there. There's no reason. Like, literally, you are losing games keeping Mitch Trubisky in that. Oh, or you think Kenny Pickett's actually worse, which mm. is more, that's even more damning, is you think Kenny Pickett is worse than what Mitch Trubisky is doing week in, week out. Mitch I Trubisky did right not now. win that game last I bet, week. I bet it's that he's, the rookie's just not ready, you know, the speed of the game and all that stuff and things like that. But um, Roethlisberger was started immediately right out of the gate. Was he was started with uh, well, this he didn't coaching start- or? He didn't start the first game. He got in when Tommy Maddox went down with an injury. Oh, I thought it was week one. When did Tommy Maddox go down? I thought he was I think coming it was, back. It was week two. He went 15-0 and in the regular season. They lost the yeah. first game, and then they won the next 15 with Big Ben. Wow. Okay. Well, then, um, yeah, it's a matter of time. No, uh, yeah, I do think we see Kenny Pickett sooner than later uh, because of just how stagnant the Steelers' offense is. Um, the Patriots did what enough to to win and i think you can expect that from a belichick run offense this is like there's not a lot of excitement here and we're not gonna blow a lot of people out unless we have the perfect game plan against you and we know how to get rid of that one thing you do they yeah they're figuring it out it's good to see nelson Aguilar have some good games because he's bounced around and stuff but other than that oh and jacoby myers yeah almost 100 yards nine catches those are perfect wide receivers for new england you know, right. Nelson Aguilar just kind of cast off guys. You get them on a value deal. They can still definitely play, but they're not elite by any stretch of the imagination. This Patriots offense is fucking boring. Mm-hmm. This Patriots defense is fucking boring. The Patriots are incredibly fucking boring. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. And I don't not think because I'm will. afraid. I don't. I'm not afraid of this Patriots team. They don't scare me on any level, but they're just so fucking boring. They're going to win eight or nine games this year just by boring the shit out of everybody. There's still too much talent in the AFC, and I don't think even nine wins is going to be enough for the AFC. So, yeah, you're right. They'll muddle around, which probably isn't good for them, but whatever. And then, yeah, you see what they build in the offseason. But uh, it's not so much this year, but this week they have the Baltimore Ravens coming to New England. See, this is why I put There's a method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Ravens and Patriots, what do you like? Oh, I'm going Raven. What, we talk about boring versus exciting. Lamar Jackson is one of the most exciting people in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. And Bill Belichick has this weird fetish about like elite Baltimore players. Like You know he wanted Ray Lewis on his team. You know he... Absolutely, he's admitted he would have loved, loved, loved Ed Reed on his team. He thinks Ed Reed yep. is the most talented defensive player of all time. He loves him some Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's got a plan for him because I don't think you can game plan very well for Lamar Jackson, except for what the Titans did a couple years ago with like nine DBs on the field. I, I, but I, I don't think that would work anymore. I think you know Mark Andrews would kick the shit out of you know all seven of those DBs. 
So we're at a point now where it's very difficult to game plan for Lamar. I think Lamar is going to have a field day against the Patriots, and I think they win. I think they get their ship righted, um, and they go 2-1 and one to start the season. Yeah, Patriots are finally home. First home game of their season. They started on the road the first two. Uh, and, yeah, you you got to assume that there's going to be a good coaching call here for the Patriots to, to try to slow the Ravens and Lamar Jackson down. But you're right, there's just way too much on there. And I'm not picking the Ravens to uh, lose two in a row right now. So I like the yeah. Baltimore Ravens as well. Let's talk about another exciting one from Sunday uh, when the New York Jets came back on the Cleveland Browns when they had I'm really sorry. no business doing so. You just yeah. said an exciting game and then said the words New York Jets. Jets and Browns, a Jets versus Browns. <laughs> exciting game that didn't happen on a Thursday night where the NFL tried to tuck it away. Um, Joe Flacco, what am I saying? Is I, Did we flash back to 2007 and we're now talking about an exciting Joe Flacco game? Where are we? What is this? No, 2012. I'm sorry. 2007 probably doesn't have Joe yet in the... Oh, Was I don't he, know. He might have been. Might have been, but I'm Because he's I'm the Matt thinking, Ryan year. I think that might have been... Oh, it was 08. It was 08. Yeah. Okay, he came in 08. All right, well, anyways... Early, early uh, 2010s. Um, Joe Flacco over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, found Garrett Wilson, the rookie, late for two of them after he dropped a big third down earlier in the game. Uh, but this story we have to flash forward to. First of all, it was a tight game until late in the game. 14 all at the half, 17 all in the fourth quarter. Browns take a two-touchdown lead. And because the – first of all, do you agree with that second touchdown uh, Chubb wants to put it, the, you know, on his shoulders because if he goes down on the one yard line, it's, this doesn't happen. I'll but I'll put it to this way: <laughs> if you have a two touchdown lead with a minute and fifty five seconds left to go, score that touchdown, young man. Have yourself a time. Have a grand old time. It is a minute and fifty five seconds. You have a two touchdown lead. Yeah, it's not his fault. That That's the fucking was... kicker missed the extra point. And even that, it would have been overtime. And that's a whole other thing, too. And they still could have lost then. And so I don't even... The extra point thing, sure, is huge. It is. But you don't give up the onside kick. You don't give up two drives down there for touchdowns under two minutes. And... All of that is like... Like, I can't believe that Nick... You know, when they read it first, they're like, you know, those Browns running backs, they just didn't go in that end zone. And you're like, oh, yeah, it didn't even occur to me. Because how the hell does after it happen? If this is a... If it was a one-possession game, right? If it was a one-possession game... Yeah. I mean, he said, hey, we're inside of two minutes. You know what you're thinking? Get in the fucking end zone. If it... If they still had timeouts left to go, you'd be way more worried. You're like, hey, let's go down here. Let's drain the timeouts. Let's kick a fucking field goal and make this a two-possession game. That totally right. makes sense to me. He's saying there's a minute and 55 seconds left. They've got two timeouts. They've got zero timeouts. There's no way my team gives up two touchdowns in a minute and 33 seconds. Did Jets have no timeouts at that point? They had no know. timeouts. Browns had one at the end of the game, and this is something, too— uh, in in uh, Carolina week one, that new kicker hits a 50-plus yard kick to win it. Mm -hmm. They get the ball near midfield here, and Brissett throws a shitty interception mm -hmm. when he had time, when it was like a second down. There's so much that it's like, I can't believe Chubb thinks it's his fault, but whatever. Absolutely Brown, not. This will be a thing about the Browns all season long, but it puts us in a better situation because I don't want to talk about a Browns team who is – 
uh, quick math, six and seven, eight, uh, six and four, seven and three, and they're like, and now here comes this very good quarterback. Yeah. That would be pretty shitty. I would rather them be middling near the <laughs> bottom for Deshaun to come in and you know suffer through this at least, take some hits that are aren't even needed, so you come back <laughs> next year. You know, just a little bit more punishment. Well, I got bad news. This Browns team is going to win more games than we want them to. Yeah. Well, but, let's talk about where they go from here. Can I do that as a segue? Oh, yeah, I think so. Thursday night football, Steelers at Browns. We get, here's the good news. We get an AFC North matchup mm-hmm. right away here this week. The bad news is it's a Steelers at Browns. <laughs> <laughs> and the big, we talk about this a lot, Thursday night, short games, you kind of got to give like a maybe a one or maybe a two touchdown uh, advantage to the home team because a short Big. week home team. And the Browns are just better than the Steelers. The Steelers' offense is horrific. The Browns' offense is just, like, plodding, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it mm-hmm. still has Nick Chubb, who's one of the better running backs in the NFL. It has Kareem Hunt, who's probably a top 15 running back in the NFL. You know, they don't have to go to Jacoby Brissett. They can just pound this ball, and the Steelers are without their best defensive playmaker. I right. think this is a pretty easy Browns win. Now, saying that, I hope the Browns choke. <laughs> yeah, the Browns have put on points their first two weeks, even uh, for what they have been. And the Steelers, that's the one thing that they haven't done is put on a lot of points. So yeah. I don't think the Steelers' defense keeps the Brown offense that much down. So I like the Browns in this one Thursday night as well. You're right. It, it's home on a short week is huge. Uh, let's continue with your Cowboys. They bounce back. They get off the mat and win. Uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, seventeen to twenty. We didn't even pick this, Dan. What happened? Well, I uh, I abandoned all hope in my Cowboys with Dak going down. I I am forgiving myself, you know. And the road Good. to recovery begins with forgiving yourself. Um, Cooper Cup is now undefeated. Or sorry, Cooper Rush, not Cooper Cup. Cooper <laughs> Rush is now undefeated as a starter. That's how, fucking crazy. How does it feel to go into a game like that where you like don't don't expect them to win? Like pressure's off. Is it all of it gold? Or at a certain point you're like, shoot, now I'm expecting them to win. Uh no. I mean, when Joe Burrow started coming back to a degree, I was like, oh good, Joe Burrow's getting healthy. Like it's good to see him getting his mojo back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think I texted you during the game. I was like, no matter what happens, I'm really pleased with the Cowboys defense. The Cowboys Jeez. defense was ferocious. And we were beaten their offensive line like a drum. Joe Burrow was on pace to get sacked a hundred fucking times. <laughs> 13 in two games so far. He got sacked six times by your defense. Yeah, so they made such a big deal about their offensive line not being taken care of last year. This year, let's remind everybody, they went out and spent the money. They went out mm-hmm. and got the names. They have the guard from Tampa. They've got... I mean, everybody's new on that line except for Jonah Williams on the the yeah. tackle. But maybe that's the problem. Maybe they haven't gelled yet. Is it something like that? I mean, a lot of it's gelling. A lot of it you kind of have to throw on coaching. You know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you talk about what's the – it's probably not Jonah Williams' fault that the whole offensive line is shitty. But no. the, the offensive line coach doesn't seem to be doing a fucking good job um, getting it done. Also, the way when we talk about this a lot, the way the offense is run in Cincinnati forces Joe Burrow to hold on to the ball for a long time. Joe Burrow also loves to hold on to the ball for a long yes. time, yes, he does. waiting for big plays. You know, Joe Burrow needs to realize that though he was a capable scrambler in college, 
it is something he should use to a Aaron Rodgers level, not yeah. a, you know, Kyler Murray level. You know, mm-hmm. the fucking guy needs to get rid of the ball. You know, he needs to throw maybe four more interceptions per game so that he's not taking nearly the amount of sacks. <laughs> not a bad point. Yeah. Th- yeah. He was run ragged again. It's uh, a problem now that the Bengals need to fix before they're ever going to be a contender in the AFC again this season. Um, now, as for your Cowboys, bounce back, Cooper Rush. This guy's going to be your starting quarterback then until Dak's ready to come back whenever that is what's your what is your thoughts what's your outlook of this team now so I mean this is one I had penciled in as a loss I I feel pretty good about our ability to go up against the worst 2-0 team in the NFL in the New York Giants mm, that's oh good oh Jets oh, no, oh you're yeah we have the Giants you're right Bengals have the Jets you guys have the Giants next week yeah the worst the worst 2-0 team in the NFL they don't deserve to be 2-0 I even though I picked them to go 2-0 to start the season Mm -hmm. I just don't think they're very good um a really good Cowboys defense can buoy us until Dak gets back when Dak gets back and Michael Gallup gets back I feel better about our offense if we can just run this fucking ball, make our offensive line feel good again, when Dak gets back, we are on all cylinders. I only need two or three more wins. Maybe. I just want to go 500 through this stretch, and then I'm ready for fucking... I'm ready for anything. Um, I think we can probably wind up beating the Giants this year, this week. Um, if we can, that puts us at home against the Commanders. We might be on a three-game win streak with Cooper Cup. Or Cooper Rush. I did it again. Um, and no matter what happens after that, I feel like Dak's return puts us in a good position. Yeah, you guys could be there. Um, before we talk about the Giants, uh, we need to talk about their game, but uh, let's also talk about the other New York team because we already Mm -hmm. brought up the Jets and their big win. They go back home. They get the struggling Cincinnati Bengals at home. Bengals at Jets. Do the Jets make this two in a row? I don't think the Jets have the defense to make this two in a row. Okay. As troublesome as it is to give up the amount of sacks that the Bengals have given up. They did it against a Steelers defense that is really good and a Cowboys defense that is really good and pressure-heavy. Right. The Jets are not a really good pressure-heavy defense. I think Cincinnati gets right, goes 1-2 and to start the season, and gets themselves back into the swing of things in the AFC North, which is not a great division, and there's only a one-game lead. Yeah, they have the opportunity still to, to get back in. It's a long season. Um, I'm with you too. The Jets, I remember the, I think it was a Mike White game last year where everybody was like, look at this. This is amazing. Joe Flacco gets one of these. I think that comes from good coaching. I think Robert Salas building something there, but it's not something that's going to continue. I don't expect it to continue too straight in New York. It's not going to be a gimme for the Bengals, but oh, do they need it? And so I think the Bengals will get it too. I like, I pick in Cincinnati. And these, you got to remember. Yeah. For Cincinnati against Cooper Rush, there was no film on Cooper Rush, really. There's one game of film on Cooper Rush. The Cowboys scored 17 of their 20 points in the first half. They scored 14 of their 20 points in the first quarter. The defense definitely caught up to us. You know, if the Bengals had not started out so flat, this very well could have been a Bengals victory. But they started flat. The defense kept them alive i mean if a defense allows less than 21 points i think that's a win for the defense um so yeah if the Bengals can get their offense moving where they need it to be i I think the Bengals are right back in being a good team 
it's two weeks in a row, too, that they have started flat, tried to catch up, come up short. And that's been the Bengals' uh, story so far. So when they figure out, oh, yeah, we should stop spotting the other team 10 to 17 points, we could we could win this easier. Um, Joe Burrow winless up- without his appendix. Yeah, that's true, too. That was a very lucky appendix. Um, <laughs> you brought up the other team in New York, the Giants. You guys got them on Monday night. They are 2-0 and because they beat the Carolina Panthers 16-19, which was a game that we picked opposite. You got on me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about in this game, though. It's Carolina-New York. I <laughs> know. Uh, it's pretty fucking junk. I mean, like I said, it's, a lot of the two, it's close to a two-minute warning. I learned nothing about New York that impressed me. I learned that Matt Rule is a very bad head coach that's going to get a very big payday to stay home next year. Yeah, um, it could go one or two. This game could have gone other ways. It was 6-all at halftime. It was tight back and forth till the end. It's just the Giants kicked one more field goal in the fourth quarter. And it's but, mistakes. Uh, you know, it's it's right. not it's not like oh, one team really beat them and then the other one came back. It's like they just both kept making mistakes. I mean, there was an early fumble um, by the Panthers that was recovered by the Giants. Um I mean, just right out the gate, this this thing kind of got away from them. Um, But I thought the Bengals are actually the better team. You know, in in both scenarios, the Giants have beaten a better team that it felt like the other team wasn't ready for them to a degree. This this did break the uh, Manning curse. Saquon was on it the week before. This is the reason why I was like, well, Carolina's going to win. Didn't work out. Saquon breaks the Manning curse, uh, which is like – one of the lucky things that's happened to Saquon since making the NFL. Jeez. Um, but you're right. These Giants, maybe 2-0 is an inflation thing. We'll see. They get Monday Night Football. They get under the lights, but it is at home against your Dallas Cowboys. It sounds like Cowboys have gotten your... Uh, um, My endorsement? Yeah, your endorsement, gotten, gotten your faith back. Not, for, I mean, the defense has my faith. The offense just needs to not make mistakes and get CeeDee Lamb more involved. Run the fucking football, dude. We don't have to... (laughs) This is not like 3D chess. Run the fucking ball, get the ball to CeeDee on the outside, and have your defense put pressure on Daniel Jones' raggedy ass. That's what you do. You know, I'm, it, I'm hearing a 14 to 10 game. We should take the under. Is that it's what not going to be a fucking, you know, not going to be a shootout. I, yeah. I would be very shocked to see a shootout. But, yeah, I think this is a very, very close win. But if, if the Cowboys can keep from making mistakes, which is not something they traditionally do, I think this could be a Cowboys win on the road. Okay. Well, and then in the effort to make all of the strongest games of the week in the first half of our show, we got one more to talk about before the break, and that is the one that happened in Vegas. It's now the 0-2 Raiders lost in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals, 29-23. If you watched the end of it like I did, you were just kind of flabbergasted that it was happening in front of you, but it does. Um, We're talking 20-0 Raiders at half, 23-7 Raiders into the fourth quarter. Cardinals with back-to-back touchdowns and two-point conversion drives tying the touchdown on a fourth and goal with no time on the clock uh also getting the ball to start overtime they didn't win it with that because i'll just i'll just talk it all the way through everybody Mm -hmm. saw this uh they get the ball to start overtime they have to punt it back uh the uh raiders are moving it two renfro catches but they're both fumbles weirdly enough renfro must be tired not holding on that ball the second one 
scoop and scored. Basically, one hand went by Byron Murphy, runs it mm-hmm. all the way in. After we took a moment to make sure he didn't throw that ball out of his hands before crossing the goal <laughs> line. The biggest bonehead thing that uh, you could say. <clears throat> um, Derek Carr's been there. And also, who was it? Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. That's yeah. the one I remember. But what a game. What a game. Cardinals Raiders. What a fourth quarter, too. I mean, the Raiders looked so in control of this game. Right. You know, the whole time. I mean, the first three quarters, probably not as much as Baltimore was in control of that Miami game, but what a what a tremendous comeback. And the fact that you have to do two touchdowns and two two-point conversions in less than, what was it, four minutes? Mm-hmm. That's insane. That is an insane amount of time to have left on the clock to come back in this game. You feel for the Raiders who are 0 and 2 and probably don't deserve to be. You know, that's two two tough ones out the gate. But yeah. I mean, you got to hold on to a lead like this. You got to hold on to a 23 to 7 lead in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, there's a full defensive collapse is the only thing I can say. But Kyler Murray earning that money. Um, you know, those oh, last man. two drives were all him. Somebody made a comment where they go, the best uh, scouting line I've ever seen, and it's true, was Kyler Murray runs like a toddler that stole your phone. <laughs> it's, it's as someone who has toddlers that steal phones, at same breakdown, same mechanics. He's a quick, he uh, scored the longest, I guess, two-point conversion in NFL history because they took a delay a game getting that thing out and then runs around in the backfield and gets it in. Did that with a touchdown later, too. I mean, sometimes he's the fastest guy on the field, and it's just like a zigzag around like you're playing Bo Jackson Tecmo football. Um, Maybe the Cardinals aren't dead and gone. There's some magic there when Kyler is playing like this. It's just, it's I think, a consistency thing that everybody's questioning right now. But huge win for the Cardinals to keep that uh, monkey off their back because if they lost this one like it was heading to, I swear there was a point in the second half of this game, I was like, Cardinals are in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Do you remember last year the the Colts referred to Kyler Murray as the gingerbread man? Yes. Do you remember right? that? It's so very fitting. I, as bad as I feel for this Raiders-led Derek Carr team, I then am reminded that Josh McDaniels is their head coach, and I feel a little bit better about them being 0-2. That's true, yeah. Okay, it is Josh McDaniels' team. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, all right, well, let's take a break. And when we return, we're going to speed through the rest of that muck that happened in uh, week two. The two-minute no offense and all the other games. Because that's what we do here at the push-off. everybody for sticking right with us uh we're back from the break and when the push-off podcast returns from the break we want to get through some show uh, some games and get through them quickly and that's called the two minute no offense because no offense but if you find yourself in this part of the uh, broadcast you may not have entertained us very much in the first two weeks of the season we might not believe in you so it's up to you to change our minds uh, actually, this two-minute no offense, there's four games. When you're setting this clock, I'll, I'll uh, give everyone a hint. 
uh, the winners in this one, um, we're probably talking about them at the end of the season. Chances are, but <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean the lo- I mean the two minute no offense is usually about the losers. Yeah, it's usually about the losers. That's true. All right, and, are we ready? And ready we go. We're gonna start in Nolens, where the Buccaneers beat the Saints twenty to ten. Uh, this game was three all for the longest time until good players were asked to leave for fighting. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they decided that they didn't want to play football anymore. They would like more violence. Um, and I don't know why Lattimore got suspended uh, or kicked out of this game. Mike Evans definitely deserved it. But, yeah, I mean, this Saints team's offense uh, didn't go anywhere in the first three quarters of last week against a Falcons team. Yeah. And, you know, this Tampa Bay offense is in a lot of trouble. Yep, and uh, Evans not even playing next week. We'll get yep. to that. Uh, the Broncos beat the Texans 16-9. to This also was 6-all for the first half. Uh, the Broncos having delay game penalties, taking them out of field goal range till their own fans are screaming the play clock at them. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett's in a lot of trouble there in Denver. I mean, this is a very talented Denver team that does not look it. That's a problem yeah. with coaching. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, let's continue on. The Packers beat the Bears in the oldest rivalry of all, 27-10. to 10. Aaron Rodgers still owns Chicago yeah, I mean, this was a quintessential Packers-Bears game. The Bears didn't look like they were capable of doing anything except for that you know, opening drive TD. Um, after that, they just looked abysmal, and Rodgers looked like he was a cat playing with a dead mouse. Both both running backs were good. Montgomery, 136. Oh, yeah. Jones, 172 touchdowns. And then finally, uh, Monday night, early one, the Bills just romping the Titans 41-7. to We saw a bunch of backups by the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, Malik Willis getting in there. Um, you know, yeah. if, there's sometimes when a backup comes in and you're like, hey, man, uh, why don't you take a couple reps for me while uh, I had a bad one. I'll be out there next week. When Malik Willis got into this game, you know Ryan Tannehill's butthole puckered. Uh, you know, that means I am not long for the starting position, and he does not look good all year. Josh Allen with four touchdowns after oh, resting early. Minutes. Three to digs. That's it. That's all the time. That's all the time we have for those games, guys. Uh, Don't need more. You know the Bills are great. Oh my God, they're so good. They're going to Miami. It's a segue right in in, uh, week three. Going to Miami to play in the Dolphins. This is a fun one for the AFC East. But oh my God, the Buffalo Bills. It's it's gonna be hard to 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 come and get them right now. Where's their weakness? Mm. I mean, like I I said, maybe running game, but. I mean, they run when they need to. It seems to be like when they need to. They want Josh Allen to win an MVP. That's what it seems to be. They want him to win an MVP. They very well could run the ball way more. They're just that's not part of the plan. Their defense is electric. They've got a great D line. Their running game is efficient. Their wide receivers are incredible. Where is the weakness? I just they did that without Gabriel Davis. Yeah, Yeah, forty-one points. It was like, all right, fine. Diggs will just have an extra touchdown. (laughs) Diggs get three. Uh, so do we like Buffalo going to Miami, this divisional uh, matchup where things get a little wonky? You have to. I mean, Miami had a – the Baltimore offense and the Bills offense, I think, are both high-powered. Mm-hmm. The Bills defense is better than the Baltimore defense right now. Yeah. I would have to give this edge to Baltimore – or sorry, to Buffalo, uh, just for this week at least. It makes sense. Bills look great. Dolphins are going to probably give it their all in these divisional ones. Hopefully they understand them. They know the team well. They study them up. But, uh, um, you know, it's the rookie coach there. You maybe take a, a season here to figure out the Bills. Um, so I'll take Buffalo, too, on the road. Uh, yeah, they look very good. The L.A. 
Las Vegas. It's Raiders. Let's talk about that one. The Las Vegas Raiders going to Tennessee to play the Titans, who are in trouble at 0-2. These are two 0-2 teams. Yeah, I mean, whoever loses this game is toast. You know, it's to <gasps> start 0-3. Tombstones? I, I, think, I think we are. Well, it's hard for me to give out a tombstone in the <laughs> AFC South. week three. Oh, and, in the AFC yeah. In the AFC South, it's hard for me to give out a tombstone. But it's a little easier for me to give away a tombstone in the AFC West. Yeah, should probably be. So, you know, I, I can't guarantee a tombstone this week, and I'm I'm not favoring one because I'm thinking Vegas is going to go on the road and beat this Titans team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, if they don't, 0-3 is a tough road to hoe in the AFC West. Plus you start tombstoning teams and then, you know, Devontae Adams and then they, they catch fire and then what you have on your hands is a zombie. And you don't need a zombie walking around the NFL. We haven't had a here. lot of zombies, but... Uh, no, usually you're pretty good at tombstoning when it's time. I put two to the head. I make sure when I, when I bury them, there's two in the head. <laughs> They're not getting back up. Uh, the Houston Texans are going to Chicago to play the Bears. Uh, we must, we must talk about this, Dan. Uh, we can pencil this motherfucker into the two minutes. No offense, that's, <laughs> that's real easy. Um, yeah. I, listen, I don't want to watch this game. You don't want to <laughs> watch this game. Nobody wants to play in this game. The Texans are not a good team. The Bears are not a good team. I think the Bears have a slightly more fun offense. With David Montgomery and Justin Fields, I'm going to say that gives them the edge. And the fact that they're going on, the Texans are going on the road to Chicago. I'm going to give Chicago the slight edge and say the Bears win this game and go 2-1 and one to start the season. Soldier Field is an equalizer, yeah. Yeah, Bears uh, pull probably what's a pretty good matchup here against Houston Texans, unless the Texans can catch them off guard, which... Uh, Bears were the team that were catching te- uh, Niners off guard there in that same stadium just a week ago. so Well, that's because they made them play in a water ravine. So <laughs> Hey, maybe they figured out a way to turn the sprinklers on pregame. <laughs> I, I like the Bears as well. We're taking the Bears. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they set sail, and they find their way somehow into the Great Lakes and, and then park it there off of Michi- Lake Michigan. St. Lawrence Seaway. Yeah, in Green Bay to play the Packers. Buccaneers, Packers, what do we think? I mean, the Packers are a good team. The Packers' defense is really good. I mean, we know my love for Rashawn Gary, a former elite, by the way, that is coming into his own on the defensive line of uh, of the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers win this game just because I don't I don't think the Buccaneers have an offense this year. Mm. You know, they didn't have one against the Cowboys, which is forgivable because the Cowboys' defense right? isn't good. Hold on. Buccaneers Sorry, did at, not. In, yeah, Tampa, they did not get Tampa. on their ship. They did not take off and go into Lambo. No, I wipe all that out. It is in Tampa Bay because I was thinking it too. I was like, wait a minute, why would I have taken? Uh, I'm a, <laughs> the yeah. Buccaneers are like, oh shit, we're in Green Bay. Turn around. <laughs> it's at it's at home. Oh, the biggest bonehead move. Um, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, I think Tampa is a little too banged up right now. And I think you saw that in New Orleans. And it's not an easy place to play in New Orleans. And I think they actually match up better against Green Bay. So we'll see a better offense here. But I think Green Bay is going to get things rolling too. I like the Packers on on the road here. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one too. And then uh, finally, Saints at Panthers. It's an AFC, NFC sound matchup. Yeah, this is uh, this is for the bottom of the division right here, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is once again not going to be a great game. Um, 
I think there's enough tricks up their sleeve in New Orleans that New Orleans is going to get this done. I think the Baker Mayfield um, redemption tour uh, gets cut short a little early. I think 0-3 to start the year for uh, for this young Panthers team is just going to be too much. Um, we might be looking at a tombstone there, too. They were one of your uh, wild cards at the beginning they were, of the season. They were. A man's allowed to be wrong. It was a bubble, yeah. Um, the... The Saints are a surprising team for me. I did not have them this high, but uh, even with uh, James Winston suffering like this back injury and having an extra pad stuff, it didn't look like it was bothering his throw enough. So I like the Saints uh, in Carolina too. It's a divisional matchup. The Saints usually play them pretty well. So give me give me the Saints as well. So I don't yeah. think we're picking very opposite too yeah. much yet. Alvin we'll Kamara see. should be back too. That's you know that's, that's going to yeah. affect it. We'll see how the rest of this picks go. Uh, let's talk about the Rams win in uh, at home against the Falcons, twenty-seven to thirty-one. This got tight at the end. Rams were ahead twenty-one to three in the halftime, but it led to uh, it needed a interception at basically the goal line by Ramsey to, to seal this one. It's I think it's funny to me because. I think the Rams are looking at the Falcons just being like, hey, you realize you're the Falcons, not us, right? Like, <laughs> you don't get to do this. You don't get to fucking come back all this way and fuck us up. Um, Atlanta's not a great team. You know, they're mm-hmm. just not. I, I don't know what is going on with the defenses in the fourth quarter in the NFL this year, but, like, a lot of these games, you got to step on the throat. I I just don't have a lot of faith in the L.A. Rams this year. Um, this is exactly the sort of game that a Falcons team should have. No quit. Not really very good, but no quit. Still playing in the fourth quarter. But the Rams' killer instinct seems to be lacking just a touch. Jalen Ramsey, throw to Jalen Ramsey in his area. He's going to pick the ball off. He's fucking good. This didn't yeah. teach me a lot about either team. I kind of felt like the Rams were slipping. I kind of feel like the Falcons are fun and stupid. And I feel like both of those are pretty true. Yeah, no, good point. The Falcons are young, and Marcus Mariota's a, a stopgap. Um the Rams are missing some some talent there. I think Allen Robinson isn't what they hoped he'd be, and they no. don't know between these touch, two yeah. running backs who to trust them more. So, yeah, I the Rams have to figure themselves out, but they think they did late in the season last year, so there's plenty of time to still right the ship, and, and that's coaching, and I think they have that. So I'm not, I'm not panicking on the Rams yet, but the Falcons I, are – the bottom of the the league for me but they sh- they showed up at least at the end of this i felt the same as you and they started coming back i go well what i see is probably the falcons tying this and then losing it in a very falcons way <laughs> the falconiest um, way and they got a very close to doing that so the rams pull out this one they go on the road to the cardinals who just came off a big win themselves so two one and one teams in the nfc west what do we like I think this is going to be a fun game because I, I really don't believe in either of these teams. Um, <laughs> but I think Kyler Murray having the game he had last week, that puts a charge in a team. Um, I think I think the wind up uh, this being a Cardinals victory. I'm going to pick the Cardinals over the Rams. I'm going to go opposite you here. I like the Rams. This makes sense, I guess. I still have the Rams as a wild card team in that division. Um yeah, I don't trust the Cardinals yet. That was an amazing come-from-behind victory, but, man, it took some magic. So mm-hmm. I say they don't do it again, and even in Arizona, the Rams figure this out. They they, they get going. 
Uh, let's talk about another matchup that happened this week from that same division, the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. The Niners beat them 27-7. to uh, The story kind of comes down to the injury. I mean, this was 20 to nothing, 49ers at the half, but Trey Lance goes out, broken ankle. Was it first half, second quarter? Was that when he went out? It was early. It was early. He is done for the year, as far as I'm understanding. It's a Dak Prescott-level injury. So here comes Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I mean, what a great decision keeping Jimmy G around. (laughs) You know, if if nothing else vindicates that decision, it is watching Trey Lance go down. After not having a good uh, showing to the beginning of his career, uh, and then Jimmy G coming in and being Jimmy G, being efficient, being accurate you know by no means being explosive but letting the Niners offense do what it does marching it down the field letting the Niners defense be efficient and proficient against a very bad Seattle team yeah I I don't think the Niners are going anywhere but I don't think they're going to be embarrassing especially not with Jimmy G at the helm and that's maybe a problem I mean uh you're right Trey Lance is now gone for the rest of the season and and that's the sample size we have of his first two years in the league. And he was an early guy, but do you hand him the keys again to start next season after all of this? And where is everybody else? And where what does this offense look like after this year? Where I've been I'm sure Debo Samuel's excited because it's gonna go back to what it was last <laughs> season and not so much this. And Brandon Ayuk is like, Come on, again, can't we have some pass that's not a Seven yard slant. Um, the Niners, you're right. Well, it should be serviceable, with Jimmy Garoppolo, but will it be enough? And if it is enough, is that a good thing? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it puts them in a precarious situation very much. I think this game brought the Seahawks back down to life. Um, they might be feisty at home, but they're not going to be a contender at all. Yeah, Seahawks were excited for uh, for Russell Wilson, and uh, not so much for. The San Francisco 49ers, they were not ready for this game. Um, Yeah, they're not a good team. Pete Carroll knows it. They want a high draft pick. I think they just really wanted to beat Russell Wilson. So I I think they're going to go back to being embarrassing not long after this. And this is a good start. Uh, This is an embarrassing showing against the Niners. They beat the shit out of them. So do they go back to being embarrassing next week when it's Atlanta Falcons at Seattle Seahawks? I'm actually more excited about Atlanta than Seattle. I'm going to pick Atlanta on the road to right their ship and uh, yeah. and get a win here. There you go. Um, I'm going to pick Seattle to go 2-1. and one. Uh, 12th man and all that. I think uh, the Seahawks fan base uh, will... We'll come out and get them over the the hump here. Uh, these are two bad teams, so I don't yes, trust no, neither Yes, neither one is good. This is a battle for a top-five pick. Yeah, and then how about the San Francisco 49ers going on the road to Denver? They're playing the Broncos. I have no faith in the Denver Broncos. Mm. I have much more faith in Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Jimmy, I'm back, bitches, uh, Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo leads them to an upset win, and Nathaniel Hackett is immediately on the hot seat. Um, I'm, I, Yeah, I'm interested to see how much of a uh, upset it's considered what the spread's going to be by the time kickoff goes because I think people are going to get behind the Niners here, and it's not one of those long travels uh, to Denver like an East Coast one. This is uh, the Niners going there. That shouldn't be too bad. Uh, Yeah, I like San Francisco and Denver too because I think you're right, Nathaniel Hackett is in his head. I think there's a little worry there of uh, 
oh no, do we all know what we're doing here in Denver? This is new to everybody. So give me the Niners as well. A um, couple more games here. We'll wrap up the uh, the week. Jerry Judy's hurt too, by the way, in, in Denver. He's day-to-day yeah. right now. But uh, yeah, so it's a rib injury. Those can nag, and we've had a couple guys out this week due to rib injuries. He went out early in that one, and thankfully it doesn't seem it's going to be a serious. So you're right, he's probably not in this one, but that just means more for Sutton. Mm-hmm. Cortland. Uh, let's talk about the Detroit Lions win. They beat oh, the Commanders. Please. 27 to 36 we both picked the lions they're putting up a lot of points uh went through three touchdowns and a pick but goff through four and uh oh hutchinson at three sacks what i do i do want to talk about you accusing me of a great injustice this weekend did i you accused me of picking the washington redskins or oh the that's washington right commanders my apologies you're like yeah well it looks like i get that one and i was like i would never sir <laughs> I, I felt like a like an insulted English gentleman in the 1800s. I'm like, I would never pick the Commanders, sir. Under no circumstances. I'm so excited for this Detroit team. Like, they still don't look great, but man, they look fun, and that offense is doing shit. I'm surprised. You know, yeah. I'm really shocked with how good the offense has been so far this year. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I get confused on their picks for this one. But you're right. You go back. We both picked the Lions. Lions at home. And they did come out looking good. They were up 22 to nothing at the half. Commanders made this a game. They did come back on them. But the Lions, yeah, looked very feisty. I think that is the word. Uh, we'll see what happens. They're, they're not, yeah, they might not, they're not going to be a pushover for sure. Uh, and then we have to talk about, you sent it to me too. I saw it, Dan Skipper. Guy got his first start in offensive oh, yeah. line after six years in the league. Uh, a very uh, heartwarming story. And he did fine. He did fine. You know, Washington is not a terrible team. They're really not. I mean, I know I shit on them because they're Washington. They're not terrible. They're just, you know, inconsistent. Like most teams in the NFL are right now. They're just really inconsistent. There's a lot of talent on defense. Um, I think Carson Wentz has looked better than I thought he was going to look. So, you know, this is by no means alarm bells going off losing to the Lions. The Lions are way better than they were last year. And the sun god... Amon Ra St. Brown. What a game. What yeah. a game that fucking kid had. And Jahan Dotson for uh, Washington. Yeah. I like him, the rookie. Uh, so, oh, well, before we can talk about who these teams match up with, we must talk about the other Monday night where the Philadelphia Eagles beat my Minnesota Vikings 24-7. to um, This one hurts. Hurts. 333 yards for a touchdown and interception hurts. That didn't. No, um, I'm trying to make a little funny joke. Uh, the <laughs> Eagles came out there and with a plan, and they they they, they stuck to it, and they they kind of controlled this game. Um, they didn't. Did they look like world beaters? I don't know about that. No, there I was, don't think they did. There was some luck here, some bad plays by Minnesota. I don't know if the Vikings could have played it much worse than they did. They had. One good drive in the first half. They had a few good drives in the second half and then just turned the ball over every time they got close to the goal line. Um, I don't... I want to say I don't blame Kirk Cousins because the big story was how, oh, Kirk's 2-10 and 10 now on Monday night and three interceptions. And by the end there, he was forcing it. And I think you do when you're down two scores yeah. and try to get a touchdown. Like, you're just like, let's see if I throw it up if Justin Jefferson will catch it. So... That's what happened, and Darius Slay had a great game, and the the Eagles played it perfectly, so they win that one. Kirk Cousins led your team in rushing. That's what yes. I'm more concerned about. 
That's true. That first two weeks are trying to figure out how to use Dalvin Cook and get him going a little bit more, and they haven't figured that out yet. I mean, they weren't out of this game until, I mean, even in the second, like going into the second half, you know what? It was uh, twenty-four to seven. There was, nobody scored any points in the nobody second. half. Nobody scored anything in the second half. Vikings that's had a the ball game. at the goal line twice in the second half too. Um, well, they moved down the field, and then that interception because Jefferson didn't run in front of Slay was yeah. honestly Kirk's first interception. The second one, I'm going to be honest with you, didn't really see. The third one was the force into the end zone to Slay again because uh, Jefferson was double covered and stuff, but. Um, that was after another interception where the Vikings got it right down there and a chance to... So there was so many opportunities to put this and make yeah. this closer, but because they couldn't even make it 24 to 14, yeah. they never they never felt like they got back in it. Yeah, you can't... Once a team becomes one-dimensional, what the Vikings very much did in the second half, it, it's over. I mean, yep. you know, you just... You kind of drop <laughs> nine men in coverage, and then it's over. Um, And that's... Kirk is not a guy that is going to win you a game when you got three safeties and six DBs. It's just not happening. It's not what he's built for. It's not the way he's going to build it. You've got to be able to get some balance. You've got to get the play action going. And I, I don't think you were out of this game early. I, I thought they should have done a better job establishing the run. I thought it was possible. I know Philly's defensive line is pretty good, but you've got to establish the run against this Eagles team or you're fucked. Well, and then... the damn they they carved up our secondary they, they, they could get everything through passing and maybe that's this fresh defense trying to figure that out but that's going to be a big problem if you have that much buffer for these wide receivers um moving on the vikings need to make it right they're at home against the detroit lions lions looking good it is lions at vikings dan's giving me a sigh like he's gonna give me some bad news <laughs> well i don't know i mean either way i do it it's gonna be bad news if i pick the vikings that's bad news if i pick the lions <laughs> you're mad uh, that i picked the lions i'm gonna pick the vikings i think they are a better team i i think the lions are gritty it's gonna be close mm-hmm. but uh, i think the vikings are more talented offensively and defensively and if they can get pressure on goff i think that helps them yeah, honestly, if this was in Detroit, I'd be picking the Lions, but it's in Minnesota, so I'm going to give the Vikings the ability to jump back here. I think, yeah, uh, yeah they'll come in with a little better uh, play here. The Lions have put up over 30 points both games this season, yeah. so they got to be ready to put up a lot of points. We'll see how that goes. Please hold, hold them to under 24, and I think we got a shot. That's fair. Uh, the Eagles are going to Washington to play those commanders. It's Philly at Washington, NFC East matchup. I, I mean, I know. This, these are my two least, least favorite teams. Um, I, I, Eagles are better right now. Uh, this is the only time I ever pick the Eagles is when they're playing the commanders. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think the Eagles are better this, this year by a lot, by a wide margin. So I think it's an e- easy Eagles victory. Yeah. Yeah, you got to like the Eagles right now. Um, more than the commanders are showing, even on the road. I like them as well. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. All right. If you made it this late in the show, you've made it to Jaguar news. Congrats. <laughs> and it's good news. They shut out the Indianapolis Colts 24 to nothing. Oh, boy. Matt Ryan, three interceptions while Lawrence throws two touchdowns, both to the new wide receiver, Christian Kirk, and they said they were overpaying the guy. 
This game was 17-0 Jaguars at the half. As you can see, the Colts never figured it out. And, I mean, that opening drive interception is tremendous. Um, yeah. The Jaguars were tuned the fuck up uh, down there in Duval, and the Colts just don't win in Jacksonville. It just yeah, doesn't. It's, it's so weird. It's it's like uh, fucking New England down in Miami. New England, just, Miami. Know this night, yeah. Taking the Jaguars when the Colts come to town, you got to. Yeah, I don't know. What were we thinking? It was, you know, we're well, well-versed in Jaguar news. What were we thinking? Yeah, we um, should have known this was coming. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see the Jaguars get a win here. Um, the Colts are by no means out of it in the AFC South, but uh, they don't look good. They don't look good, and Matt Ryan doesn't look very sharp either. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting protection. He's making bad decisions. So um, you've got Jonathan Taylor. I, I think they're going to need to get a little bit more bil- more mobility in that pocket. I would I would not be shocked to find um, Sam Ellinger as the starter somewhere here around week eight. Oof. Okay. Colts, Raiders, Bengals, these are the disappointing teams to start the season in these 0-2. Well, Colts are actually 0-1-1, but it just feels like that, don't it? Um, And then the Jaguars, congrats to you guys. Big win. Uh, We'll see how it goes from here. Before we talk about you guys' games next week, once again, let's talk about – let's go all the way back to the oldest game of this week which was the thursday night football game you remember it you remember it everybody chiefs beat the chargers 27 24 this was a fun game this was a very tight game it basically came down to the pick six uh happened there by um i wrote it down his name didn't i williams no who caught who did the pick six uh oh the, the kid of the chiefs yeah. Anyways. Oh, he was like on the on the streets like a week before. Good for him. Great play. Uh, and it changed the whole game because the Chargers were marching on the field to take the lead at that point. Um, it was seventeen all. It made it uh, a Watson. Watson did the pick six. Uh, twenty seventeen to twenty four Chiefs. Then they kicked the field goal. You gotta give it up for Herbert again. I, I touted him week one. This week he has to break some ribs before getting in there and throwing some dimes uh, that were garbage. Didn't even need to. Yeah. There was no no real coming back in it. But don't tell the kid that that there's no reason. He goes back <laughs> in there. Um, and you all we all know the history with broken ribs in the L.A. Chargers. So. Herbert's not out of any woods just yet. <laughs> no, you know if the doctor walked over and he's like, don't you fucking touch me. Yeah, Don't you just, touch me. You go over there. You go over there. Don't, and it was don't. hilarious because Tarad just uh, did the lawsuit this week. The same week. Same yeah. week. Very fitting. Don't touch, ju- don't touch Herbert's lungs. Yeah. Leave it alone. Leave his chest alone, goddammit. Oof. But a, a great game. Kansas City with a big win at home if they lost this one. A little bit more panic. The Chargers, sure, you didn't win. It was in Kansas City, though. You're going to get them again at home. Yeah, short week. Kansas City is 2-0 and deserves it. This is nothing against Kansas City. But it's a short week on the road for the Chargers, and they were by no means run out of town. Um, This is a very good Chargers team. The AFC West is going to be fantastic this year. Yeah, all the way through. Um that leaves us with the Chargers coming home with the Jaguars. It's, it's Jaguars at Chargers coming home with the Jaguars. Jaguars I at Chargers is yeah, that game. You can play this thing on the fucking surface of the sun. It doesn't matter. I think the Chargers all the way. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Jaguars fans just, I don't know how well they travel. Probably not that well. Um, well, they're too drunk. 
I like the Chargers too in that one. And then the Chiefs go to Indianapolis, and I'm going to get any easier for the Colts. No, poor Colts. I think they're going to start 0-2-1. and Yeah. Uh, Chiefs, how do you pick against them right now unless they had to play the Bills? Stuff. Can't wait for that game. Oh, boy. Folks, we just hit it. We just hit all the games. We hit everyone from week two and picked them all for week three. So you're ready for the uh, the upcoming uh, football week. It doesn't end from here. We'll swing right back and there's more football. So thank yeah. you guys for listening. Um, as we wrap up this show, we do it every week at, at about this time. So come back here and, and get your football fix right where we got this one. Um, as I count up the picks for this week, Dan, you had yourself a good week. I did. Uh, last week I was ahead of you. Uh, you, you equaled that. You jumped ahead. You are now ahead of me by one. You have 17 right for the season. Congrats. Thank you. I'm at 16 myself. Exactly right in the middle. You picked half of them, right? So pretty much, yeah. I think it's six. Yeah, you're right. 16 and 16 right now. Yeah. Um, it's just not very good. Uh, and my mom is at 18 herself Ooh. so she's beating the both of us right now not by much but she's, she's always she's on the lead hey and then i think as i said to my my eight month old son and uh my dog pick games too uh, by just looking at the helmets that i uh, i have purchased <laughs> and they match them up they're at 19 right now they have 19 <laughs> games correct so but we're still all better than chris collinsworth so fuck him <laughs> is that right good for that um, all right. Well, again, that's our show. Thank you guys very much. As we wrap it up, I've got some crazy stats before we go. Here we go. Crazy stats. Uh, Joe Burrow has been sacked for more yards than Najee Harris has rushed. Whew, that's bad for both of them. <laughs> yeah, not, not a good matchup for either. Uh, here's another nice one. Since 2001, only three teams have won after trailing by more than 10 points with under three minutes in a game all of those teams beat the cleveland browns came back and beat the browns (laughs) oh fuck you cleveland and then finally my last uh, crazy stat for the week is the buffalo bills are the first out of the season to come halfway oh excuse me let me let me start this one over the buffalo bills uh, first punt of the season oh, came God. halfway through the third quarter of week two. Oh, and that punt was also muffed and then recovered by the Bills. <laughs> so, I mean, really, they could have kept Ariza or cut Ariza. It didn't matter. They weren't using him anyway. <laughs> I think it's still probably probably, smart probably for the guy. best. Probably for the best. Uh, but thank you guys for, for listening. That's my crazy stats. That's what we got for this week. So, Dan, please uh, send them home. With the parting words of wisdom. It is hard in the beginning of the season to feel like you're underperforming, feel like you're not quite good enough. But you got to remember this is a 17-game season. We've got 15 more to go. Everybody's got 15 more to go. And I don't have any tombstones ready to go, everybody. Hmm. But I am pouring the concrete. That's their warning. We only get the one warning. Thank you guys so much for listening and joining us. We will see you back after week three. So enjoy it. I am Scott. And this is Dan. Good evening. And we'll see you. Goodbye. That's all. Right. <laughs>